Welcome to the Sacred Emergence Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Wong, and I'm so thrilled that you're here. This is a place where you'll be guided to living your most aligned life so that your truest, most radiant self can emerge. We'll be jamming on topics ranging from spirituality, entrepreneurship, to wellness and lifestyle design, and everything in between that can support you to grow, evolve, and shine, all the while not taking ourselves too seriously. So if you're ready to step into your leadership, break through limiting beliefs, own all of who you are, and expand in abundance, grab yourself your faith cup of tea, and let's dive in. Hello, hello, beautiful friend. Welcome to this episode of the Sacred Emergence Podcast. It is Michelle Wong, your fearless host. Um, welcome to episode 140 of 140 overall and season five. <laughs> I think we are at episode officially this is the second episode although I did record a mini welcome one to just welcome folks to season five Um, but what I wanted to do with this episode was kind of give an update I know it's been over a year since I gave an update um, on this podcast and um, you know we're already in July at the time of this recording so I feel like a lot has happened uh, since last October of 2022, and I thought I'd just share what's what's been in my world, uh, my intentions, and the the journey through it all. Um, so here we are in the middle of 2023. I'll be honest, like how we are already in July, it's it, it always baffles me, right? And at the same time, it's like you know, time is an illusion, in my opinion, like it's it yeah time to me is an illusion because sometimes it's like I don't even know anyway here we are um so every year what I tend to do um and you might do this you might not uh, I don't set new year's resolutions per se um but I do love the idea of setting like a word for the year you know and, and different people have different ways with it um, I always like to play. It's, you know, for me around December timeframe, there's just something about December that for me is dreaming and um, casting a vision and tapping into the feels, all the things. And I just love playing with words and the feelings around it. Um, and sometimes the word that I choose is, is a complete like miss for the following year, or sometimes I change the word. Um, halfway through or I have a few words and then whatever right but I feel like for 2023 um, this word is one that um, will probably stick with me for a few years we'll we'll see Um, the past few years um, the word for that I chose um, was goddess and that was really around landing into more of like well all of the the feminine vibes like embodying all of the the feminine energy and that felt really juicy. Um, and this year, the word that really just felt so good in my body was the word devotion. And, um, you know, for me, devotion means devotion, slowing down intentionality towards myself, towards what's sacred to me, towards the divine. Um, cultivating a deeper relationship with all those aspects, myself, the divine, um, slowing down, and then with nature, 
and nature is a huge one for me this year that that's what I wanted to talk about in this episode and just share my journey with um, my relationship with nature Um, and then part of it is I think I already mentioned slowing down but the word I wrote for as I took a few you know bullet points things I wanted to touch upon for this episode I wrote down creative leadership Um, and that might end up being a separate episode we'll see but Um, yeah, like creative leadership is a word that also really like when I say it, I feel like this is vibration to it that is like, ooh, like what does that feel like? And what does that want to look like in my own life? And a part of it, like there's a connection back to nature and, and all of that said, the word devotion for me lands back with uh, my connection to the divine and I shared a post, um, just, you know, a, a, it wasn't like a heavy written post, but it was just like this, this, um, just like, you know, a, a post, it was just like, almost like this is what is ringing true. There's a lot of like narrative out there that the divine, you know, you can call it spirit, God, the universe, whatever, right? It's like outside of ourselves. And it's like, it's, above us it's out and up and the more I practice intentionality and and presence um, and devotion for me it's like no it's not out and up it is down and in or in and down right it's like coming back within myself and then down when I say down it's like my connection to mother earth to nature uh, to what is supporting me around me this beautiful planet that we live on um and it's really easy to look beyond that right um and I have to say like um I'm not Christian anymore however Mary Magdalene like her gospel and um the work of Mary Magdalene and the I guess the the I don't know theologians (laughs) The experts that do study Mary Magdalene, like Megan Watterson, and um, there's a bunch of books out there around Mary Magdalene, um, but particularly with what Megan Watterson talks about through like what she um, interprets with Mary Magdalene's gospel is all around embodiment, right? It's like the body is where we will find um, like the, the soul's truth. And I resonate with that so deeply, while a lot of the um, spiritual text and all of that talks about outside of ourselves, Um, when really it's like, if we really believe that we are a part of the divine, right, the divine resides within us and we are an expression of the divine. Um, Anyways, with all that said, that just feels very true for me when I say it. And the part, like the piece, I feel like that's the challenge. And this is what I wanted to talk about is actually carrying it out, living it out, um, which is a journey in and of itself. And I think it's because it's really hard to land back in the body. It's a lot easier to go to the mind, right? Because our mind is so busy and it, you know, it can take over. Um, I really feel like to gain the deeper wisdom 
it, it needs to go beyond the head and the neck and down, down, down to our body, to our hearts, to the belly, you know, to our sacral area, to our feet, touching the earth, um, the other parts of our body, you know, like gaining wisdom through there is, I would say, more important, but it's hard. And it's easier to jump out of that and be in the head and live in that headspace and talk about the logic and what's linear and what is visible versus tuning into the heart where so often our heart knows the answer and we feel it in our heart, but we cannot describe it in words, right? Because our heart feels it's like this magnetic, electromagnetic field that feels beyond words. But because it's hard to put words to it, it's hard to describe that and it's quiet it could be so quiet that it's easy to ignore because the mind can be so loud and you know a lot of human design talks about that um how the mind usually like if we're talking about human design it's like we actually want the mind to take the passenger seat um because it, it doesn't actually it doesn't do well uh for us to make decisions from the mind but anyways, that's a different topic. Um, so what does this all have to do with nature and devotion? Well, a lot, because I feel like, honestly, I feel like our relationship to nature, and I, I am generalizing here, I feel like there's a disconnect. Um, and the more I'm deepening my relationship to nature, the more I... I'm just... It's a slow process, right? But the more I'm just really appreciating um, our natural world around us and yeah our natural world includes plants I'm animals um, but even like rocks you know um, the water the air like all of the elements that I think so often gets forgotten because it looks inanimate right but I mean everything carries energy right um, if we look at molecules and electrons, if we're looking at science, everything carries energy. Um, and so there's, there is like, we do receive energy from the natural world around us. And um, right now I'm doing my breathwork facilitation training. I'm so excited for this. Like, and it's also like, you know, I, the word devotion, like sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, devotion, because what that reminds me is the intentionality. And it's easy to, to sometimes just, what's that word? Like lose the intention, lose the focus, and then just need, just want to get through the training. <laughs> but like, I cannot wait. So breathwork facilitation training is something that I wanted to do for a while now. Um, I might maybe create a separate episode because I was hoping to make this just around devotion and nature, but breathwork does kind of come in because the breathwork, and even doesn't have to be breathwork, just breathing, right? We are creating an exchange with our, with what is around us, right? We're creating an exchange with earth, with mother earth, right? When we inhale, we're taking in oxygen. When we exhale, we're creating carbon dioxide. Um, we're creating a sacred exchange with nature. And that is what I wanted to talk about. Um, in March of this year, I signed up for this nine-month 
school, I so to speak, I guess school is the right word, because the, the, the name of the school is called Paco School, P-A-Q-O. Paco is one of the, um, the, like it's a group, it's like a group of elders in Peru. And uh, I, I learned about this course through Koya, uh, Inspired Movement, created by Rochelle. And uh, fingers crossed that she, um, timing works out that she can be a guest on the podcast uh, for season five. Um, but, you know, I, I love Koya, Inspired Movement. I, I took level one training with Rochelle and um, it's really like Koya in, Quech, in Quechua, Quechua, it's a Peruvian language. It means queen. And um, so there's a lot of, Koya has a lot of ties to Peru and um, all around movement and coming back within, right? Embodying our essence. As women, we are wise, wild, and free. That is the, the foundation of Koya. But because um, Rochelle has done so much work with people in Peru, and she knows um, she knows the elders and the, the, there's foundations and organizations that are trying to bring the work of the elders in Peru um, to the West, right? And just like deepen our relationship with nature that I was like, yeah. So there was a cohort, as a Koya cohort for Paco School that started in March and it goes for nine months. And I just felt pulled. Like, I wanted to do this. And um, and I knew when I signed up for it, because I, I have done, like, nature offerings. You know, I have done nature offerings when I'm at Koya retreats. And, you know, they have what's called a despacho ceremony, which is a Spanish, Spanish um, term. Basically, it's like a way of offering to nature. Um so I was familiar with some of the pieces of like, what does it mean to be in relationship to nature? And I wanted to, to learn that sacred relationship through the experience and through the teachings of the elders um, in Peru, because I, I just know that they have a different relationship, right? It's one where it is just like inherently part of their community. Um, and so I said, yes. And I also knew that I was going to hit a lot of resistance. <laughs> um, and I wanted to share, of, like, I just wanted to share my experience. So um, the foundation of the relationship with nature and um, from what I've learned so far, and uh, I, am, I, I am not um, an expert, obviously, because I'm learning. Um, but there's, there's what is called Aini in um, Peru, and Aini means sacred relationship. And so that was kind of like the initiation that we all um, received um, at the start of the course. And basically part of the practice is to create offerings, right? To, um, before we ask from nature, we must give. Uh, make a, create an offering and part of creating an offering this is where the resistance for me comes in because we're not we're not really taught this we're not raised in this type of uh, way of being 
But because the, the people in Peru, they rely so heavily on this um, give and take, this giving and receiving, not even just with nature, but with people within their community, like they don't really have a currency. It, it wasn't until COVID that they, or like needing to expand that they were like, oh, we need a way to have, you know, currency. Um, before it was all through exchange, giving and receiving. Um, and I don't even want to call it a barter system. It was more like you show up for your neighbors, they show up for you. Um, and there, it's like there's an offering, right? And that's the thing with nature. Like before we take from nature, first connect with nature, ask for permission. And then we can connect and ask for what we want. Um, and before we ask for what we want, there's we create literally create an offering. And I can share photos <laughs> on my Instagram. Um, but sometimes the offering, the making of the offering, requires a lot of work. Um, and every time I've hit resistance because it requires like this invocation of speaking out loud when I'm outside, really calling on nature, and it's called maste. Um, gathering of the ingredients and there's it's like very specific of what is needed um, gathering of the ingredients so that we can blow our wishes into the leaves and you know find a shell or of something that represents the feminine and find sugar or make a cross to, to represent the masculine like there's all these different layers and it just brought me back to when I was um, living in Bali and in Indonesia, where it's like, I believe 80% of the income for the people in Bali, the people like the locals that live there, is devoted to creating offerings and ceremonies. And everywhere you go, in the morning, in the evening, and the like in the afternoons, um, locals are always creating offerings, right? And then once it's given, like they'll put it on the street, they'll put it on, you know, the store, they'll put it on the counter, like it's just everywhere and it's beautiful and this is like their way of thanking nature um, and for receiving in return and I think that is such a beautiful practice. Um, Aini means sacred reciprocity and it's the sacredness that I think that we have lost so much in the west and I'll be honest like we just take 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 <laughs> We take so much and we take things for granted um, from nature. And it's like that book, The Giving Tree. Every time I, re I read that book, I'm in tears, right? And it's like my heart is just broken because it's like, I think that book is really for adults, even though, you know, it's got drawings and there's a few words in there. I feel like the book is really for adults and a reminder that, um, that, not only is Mother Nature a gift and it's like our home, but we are part of Mother Nature and we forget. And I think it's the fact that we forget that we just like, there's that disconnect and we just take, take, take um, without it being regenerative, right? And so much can be sustainable and regenerative um, in order to... I don't know, to fully thrive, there's this sacred relationship that we have. And a lot of different cultures do have the sacred relationship. In the West, it was forgotten. Um, and a great book, if you want to learn more about this, is Braiding Sweetgrass. Um, the author is Kim 
I don't remember her last name. Um, but she, I, I recommend the audio version. You can get it free at the library. Um, I recommend the audiobook because she, the author, Kim, she reads it and it's very poetic. And she talks about her connection and her ancestors um, that are Native Americans and their practices and their traditions that have been so forgotten um, and so beautiful and also shares like a lot of the things that are misunderstood from the Western perspective, um, but so good. Anyway, so the resistance I was talking about, it takes work to go and find, you know, three sets of nine leaves, right? So I'm sorry, nine sets of three leaves. And this is like a mini offering that I'm doing um, to say hello to my nature parents, right? The, it's like there's this belief that when we are born, um, right where we are born, we have a nature mother and nature father, and they are here to support us throughout our entire life. And they connect with wherever we are in the world, um, they connect to the network, the natural network uh, to take care of, like to support us and guide us. But of course, we have to create a relationship with um, the natural world. And if you are someone who is, you know, more linear, logical, more just like science minded, you know, this might sound like the most, the most woo woo thing. Like, I don't like, but there is the heart wisdom, right? And right now I'm reading the book, The Secret Life of Plants. And it talks about how there's actually scientific studies that plants are sentient, like, is it sentient beings? Like they, they are, they feel, um, they, they can actually, like they are, what is it, psychic? Like they can predict things, they can feel, they, like they're not just, they're not like an animate objects, right? Like they, there's energy about them um, and they do communicate and connect. Like they, like they can converse with us when we talk to plants, like they can actually receive the wisdom. Um, anyway, all that to say, so the resistance that I have is, <laughs> is going out there you know, in the parks, along the, the streets, collecting what I need for my, my nature offerings. And like, every time I do it, I feel resistance to it because it's work. Um, and at the same time, I'm like, well, this is part of it. This is the resistance that I knew I was going to hit. And also every time I do it, I feel this like, deep joy when I actually release my offering to nature. Um, and I've created two, like two offerings, like official offerings. Um, one was like a mini one, and this was probably back in late to May, early June. Um, and I think I did, no, I've done, I've done three. And the, the first time I did it, I was just kind of practicing, right? Because this is this whole thing is a practice, um, and I was kind of struggling with it. And I didn't. You have to find like everything has to be compostable, biodegradable, because we are either burying it somewhere or sending it off on the water or leaving it somewhere out in the out in the wilds, um, out in the suburbs, wherever. And yeah, so it has to be biodegradable, compostable. And so like whenever I do my offerings, I 
I don't, I just want to keep it simple by using what's already available, right? So I'll, I'll find a really big leaf as the base so that I can put, you know, flowers on and the shell or the eggshell. Um, and, and there's like a lot of ingredients that I have to collect. Um, and I think also because I'm doing this by myself, I'm not doing it with other people, like, you know, in the same time, same place. Like we're not like, hey, let's drive to this location together. Um, that it just requires what feels like more work. Um, and I kid you not, the first offering I made, I had to find 27 leaves. And at that time, I didn't want to take the leaves off the tree. <laughs> so I was looking for like ones on the ground. Um, most of them were already dried up and now I'm okay with, you know, if I, if I feel like it's okay for me to, um, take a few leaves off the, the plant, you know, I check in first and, um, just get a heartfelt sense of, yep, it's okay for me to do it. Um, I do that now because for a while my nature offerings were very like, oh, this is like dead and dry, which is fine, but I, I really want to give something that smells fragrant and fresh and it's green to um, the nature that I'm gifting to. Um, but I kid you not, I was walking, I was looking for 27 leaves and like I see ahead of me this tree and this branch falls fresh from the tree onto the ground in the park that I was at. And it was maybe a few, you know, 100 meters away, maybe 10 feet away. I don't know if that converts 10 feet, 100 meters. No, 100 meters is not correct. That's really far away. I'll just say 10, 12 feet away. <laughs> I cannot do meters and feet conversion at the moment. But like, I'm like, oh, that's cool. But I noticed it was a whole branch with leaves on it. So I walk up to it and I'm like, oh my God, there are 27 leaves on here. That was exactly what I was looking for. I checked in and I'm like, yep, you're part of my offering. And that was just like serendipitous right of like oh here here's mother nature helping me make an offering um and when I like all the times right the second time I did it it was we did it during Koya class as a way to embody the teachings um we did it together and I had to again a fine 27 leaves and uh, this time we had 10 minutes to do it and so I just ran out outside of my apartment it was like 8 a.m in the morning it was cold that morning and I'm like okay I'm, I'm gonna look for 27 leaves within 10 minutes and I look down and there's this one leaf that I, I literally thought it was like actually a, like somebody it was like fake right it was like knitted like it fell off a child's um, sweater because it was like a leaf it was one petal and I picked it up and it was so soft I was like, wow, it was very velvety. Um, and I'm like, this is like, is this real? And I look up and like the whole plant is in front of me. And I'm like, oh yeah, it's real. <laughs> and I bring it back, you know, after I collected my 27 leaves, I bring it back to our class. Um, this is all virtual. And Rochelle's like, I think that's lamb's ear. The one that I was like, this is so soft. And it was just pure delight in finding it. Um, and it's like, oh my gosh, like there's lamb's ear right outside of my apartment. And every time I see it, I, it just fills me with joy. So that was part of my offering. And then, um, I'm just more intentional with it. Right. So by the time I created the second offering, I bundled it up. It was beautiful. And like, I, I walked down to the lake, 
you know, I, I said a prayer, I asked for what I wanted to, you know, to nature, to my nature parents, to the lake. And I placed the offering, I bundled it up and then the water came, well, it was kind of turbulent and it just like swept it away. And in that moment, I just felt so elated and I was like, I can do this, right? I could do this. Um, and a part of resistance fell away. And I was like, yep, I got this. And this is where the journey comes in because last weekend uh, we had to create one with 90 leaves. Not have to, but that was the, the practice. And I was in a tizzy. I was like, I found my 90 leaves, but some of them were really pokey. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh. And I thought I might've pulled a few that were from poison oak. I don't know, I didn't have any skin reactions. <laughs> I wasn't even thinking. I was just like, oh, because I was collecting them in leaves and uh, in, in sets of three. I'm like, it's just easier for me, right? Because I had to do 90. So I'll just collect each one in threes because it's three per offering. Like I'm collecting three leaves and this one represents, you know, the mountain that I am saying thank you to. Another three sets of leaves is you know for the lake that I that lives close that I live close to you know so like everything was in sets of threes and I didn't even I totally forgot about poison oak and there's a lot uh in the park where that's close to my home anyway so last week's was less lovely <laughs> it was actually a hot mess I'm not gonna lie I was a little disappointed I felt really like but I put so much effort into the collection of the of the gathering of the ingredients. I spent hours the day before and this offering, this big one required flowers, white flowers, red flowers, pink flowers. It was a whole situation. And I spent the day before gathering the ingredients, spending time in nature. And then the day of, I spent more time gathering fresh flowers. Um, and when I was putting it together, I was just really struggling because I was getting poked at with some of the thorny leaves that I, 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 I collected. And, um, and then I was like, oh my gosh, there's like 12 leaves that I think might be poison oak. I don't know. Um, but I think those will not be part of my offering because I do not want to get um, poisoned. <laughs> I do not want to have like some reaction. So um which is probably fine because I didn't have any reaction, but I didn't touch the leaves. I touched the stem. So I don't know if the stem also carries poison. I'm guessing the whole plant does, so it's probably okay. Anyway, um, it, it, the bundle did not look good. It was falling apart, um, but I was like, I put so much work into this. I drove it down to the lake and I wanted just the space to myself. But of course, there was like a couple there on the bench talking and I was like, uh, okay. And then like there were other people on the water. Um, it was a hot day. And I was like, hey, I'm just creating an offering and putting it out. And they're like, okay. <laughs> and like, they were like, don't fall into the water now. And I was like, no, I'm fine. Um, but I kid you not, like the moment, like when I was blowing into my bundle that was kind of falling apart, um, I just felt so like grateful and emotional. Like I, it was just like, with my offering, with my breath, that I was breathing my wishes into this bundle, I just felt like this sense of like bliss and this feeling of overwhelming, like, I don't know, just like, 
this deep connection and I sent it off and knowing that, you know, not everything is going to be perfect. Um, my intention, my effort, that was what mattered most. And this is what it means to practice, right? This is devotion. This is like showing up anyway for it. And, um, and that is part of what I wanted to share for my relationship to nature. This is like a sacred relationship to nature, which isn't always... Um, easy, you know, and I love it. <laughs> it's like a journey and um, it's just making me realize how, um, how we're not alone. And like, even if we are feeling alone, even if times we're feeling like, okay, like I... I don't know, an argument with a friend or feeling like, okay, I have no one to hang out with today or whatever, right? There's always nature, right? There's always trees. There's the sun. In summer, summer in Seattle, the sun does show up. Um, there's the water. There's the rocks. And, uh, and that is there for us. Um, so long as we are open to receiving their support, their energy, um, and, you know, it's checking in. Like I wouldn't, well, sometimes, sometimes I forget and I will just like, I don't actually pull these off trees. That really annoys me unless it's done with intention. So like, but like, I do get annoyed when people just kind of, you know, when I was in high school, there was this woman, my friend, but I don't know, friend in, in quotes, she would just walk and like, as she's walking, she'll walk underneath a tree and then she'll just tug her branch with her. It, 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 I hated it when she did that. And I told her to stop. <laughs> of course, nobody likes being told what to do. And so she would do it more. And it just irritated the shit out of me. Because I was like, why are you doing that? Um, anyways, so I think a part of me has always had this deep love and respect for nature. Even though I'm not a plant parent. Um, I either over love or under, like, or neglect. <laughs> So that's my confession, but I do admire um, what is outside my windows, um, and I'm okay with that. Um, anyway, so yeah, that to me with devotion, my connection with nature, and going within and tapping down. Um, I think that is something so sacred, and it's something that requires a slowing down, right? Like, we can't speed through this. Um, and then the creative leadership piece, um, that might be a different topic, like a different episode, but this word has been, um, it's been in my, it's been on the back burner, um, creative leadership. It's a big topic. Well, all of this is are big topics and themes, but I, I feel like they're, are threads with creative leadership and nature. Um, so to be continued on that. Um, yeah. Okay. And then there's, there's what else I want to talk about. Oh, so, uh, when I, you know, with breath work, so I believe towards the end of July, right? So in a few weeks, um, as well as early August, I'm going to start offering, um, like limited offering, uh, 
private breathwork sessions, like one-on-one sessions that will infuse, um, obviously it depends on the person and what they're wanting uh, with the session. But my intention around it is to infuse elements of nature somehow with the breath work. Um, and as a, as a taste, a, a mini taste, but not even, like as a way to connect with the wild that is around us and even just, you know, introduce that connection. I created um, a brand new offering um, called Wild Embodiment Readings. And these are 10 minute audio recordings um, customized for you, like the person who purchased a reading. Um, but we don't meet online or anything. Like you, you purchase it, ask a question of what wisdom you want to receive from the plant and the animals. Um, and I will pull up to three cards from my plant and animal oracle card decks. I have two that I love, and then I bought this beautiful flower one. Um, and from the your question, I'll tap into the wisdom of the cards that is related to the animals and to the plants. Um, and through their wisdom, I will share that uh, to you. And then to anchor in the wisdom, I will offer one to two somatic embodiment practices. And, you know, it's it's to help, like, help your body slow down or not, depends. <laughs> um, and it might include a few breathwork pieces, um, definitely some movement to help anchor in the wisdom. All of that is about 10 minutes in audio. And then I send that to you along with the photos of the cards that I selected and um, the interpretation that came up from the cards. And it's at this moment, um, I can put the links in if you are interested. Um, I love doing these. And then I also, to help prep for the session, uh, I choose a song for you that I will uh, dance to as I prep for the session. And so you'll get a download of that as well. It's super fun. Like it's just, this was created in light of joy, fun and also like connection to our natural world and receiving wisdom from the wild. Um, so wild embodiment readings and um, that's almost like a, a kind of a teaser for um, the one-on-one -on -one sessions that will be limited um, that I'll be offering end of July, August time frame. Um, oh, and then part of the wild embodiment readings, if you're interested in human design, if you send me your chart, um, part of the integrative embodiment work will include something to help you decondition of what's happening in your human design chart. Uh, as related to your question and all of that, it's all integrated. It's super fun. I love doing it. Um, yeah. Okay. So that's what I had. Um, and if you want to stay connected, more up to date, um, you can connect with me on the socials or join my email community. I have revamped that. So um, yeah, you can shoot me an email or at the end of this podcast, the outro, um, there's a meditation. Um, but if you sign up for the meditation, you'll automatically get added to the mailing list. Um, or you can just shoot me an email and say, hey, I'd love to be included and I will add you. Um, anyway, so that is what I had. That is 
the update, uh, I mean, that's one slice of updates. There's a lot of other updates, but, you know, hopefully we are connected on the socials. Um, although I will say that right now I'm not following anybody on Instagram. I, I did a massive unfollow at the end of November, uh, and it was it gave me so much peace. Um, and what it allowed me to do was consume less, create more, um, according to my own manifesto urge um, and my own inspiration. So, but you can still connect with me on there. Um, and uh, yeah, all right. All details in show notes. Um, yeah, and uh, there is a global Paco school if you're interested in that. I think the Koya one, I don't know, like this is the first year that was offered and it's already happening, but um, there is a larger Paco school. I'm happy to share that in the show notes as well for anyone who's interested. And Elizabeth Jenkins is like the woman who has worked over 15 years with the people in Peru. She lives in Hawaii and she's written a few books around the people in Peru and just their traditions. And um, she's one of the facilitators in Paco School. Um, and it's just lovely. Like uh, the elders in Peru, they say, let's meet at the heart of the computer. Like, I just love how they see things. And they're like, they are very remote in the mountains in Peru. And so for them to have internet access, they actually have to travel quite a while to get to a place where they can use Zoom. And so for them, it's also a journey to be with us, uh, the people in the West, and it's such a gift. It's so crazy, right? Like that we can be all connected at the heart of the computer um, through a software called Zoom. <laughs> Anyways. To be continued, thank you for tuning in. And um, if this resonated with you in any ways, in any way, please share it. Um, and until next time, take care. To help you feel more supported and nourished in your body and nervous system, you're invited to download the free I Am Supported meditation in the show notes. May you feel grounded in who you are as you become the fullest expression of yourself. Thank you for listening to the Sacred Emergence podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode and thank you in advance for sharing with those who can benefit. Until next time.